You're listening to episode 68 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is episode four of five of our special self-care series that we're featuring on the Chat About Children podcast in honor of and celebration of the launch and release of the gift book Flourish for Mums, 21 Ways to Thrive with Self-Care and Acceptance. This gift book is very much about mothers creating space within their day-to-day to honor themselves and include themselves within their own circle of nurture while celebrating the children in their lives. The book can be purchased widely across all independent bookstores, Big W and Target and online at Booktopia. If you are outside of Australia, you can purchase through Book Depository and Amazon. And for anyone within Australia who would like signed copies, you can access those at flourishformums.com or sonyabestelich.com. Now, today's episode, I'm super excited to be sharing a chat with Dallas Fletcher, and she is going to be chatting about nutrition and exercise in the first six months of having a new baby. After the birth of her eldest son in 2007, Dallas Fletcher decided to be fearless and leave the corporate world and follow her true passion of exercise and movement. With her son only six months old, she made the decision to specialise in pregnancy and postpartum fitness and was mentored by two of Australia's best women's health physiotherapists. For the last 13 years, she's connected with thousands of women from around the world and built incredible relationships and seen amazing transformations through her personalised training methods. Dallas is renowned for her authenticity, her evidence-based strategies, and professionalism. And she also has a very devoted community of over 20,000 followers across a variety of channels and social media platforms. Her niches include pregnancy, birth, postpartum, motherhood, health, lifestyle, nutrition, and self-care. So how about we get this chat started with Dallas? Welcome, Dallas Fletcher. Thank you, Sonia. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining in with this special chat about children's self-care series. I'm super excited because you do so much work with mums, especially new mums or mums that have a newbie joining the family. So today we're really talking about self-care for mums in the first six months. And having a focus on exercise and nutrition, because certainly part of self-care includes how we nourish and fuel our bodies, as well as how we move and strengthen our bodies. So before we get into the nitty gritty, Dallas, tell us a little bit more about what led you to your passion working with mums. Well, I started, I had my past life as a corporate career in marketing, but I always did fitness on the side. So my fitness journey started straight after school and it was always a wonderful part-time job. And I guess um, it was also a stress relief for me. However, when I became pregnant with my first of three children, with my son, I suddenly realized after all those years in fitness that stuff I was doing didn't quite feel right. Like in the back of my mind, I'd, I mean, pretty much my GP told me, oh, just keep doing what you're doing. You're fit. You'll be fine. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, that doesn't feel quite right. Or my hips are a little bit sore after teaching a step class or, you know, I'm on the spin bike going 
okay, this doesn't feel right. So it really propelled me into getting certified in pregnancy and postpartum fitness. And it made me realize what a seismic shift our bodies go through when you do enter the first stage of motherhood, that's pregnancy. And I really learned that the way I was training had to change because my body was changing. So it was, I guess, the first step in self-care was really that, yes, I could still exercise. I could still, you know, do what I love, but I really had to, first of all, change my mindset was the main thing. And then really it was just, you know, pregnancy is such a new journey. And then even that journey into a newborn stage is such a new journey too. So it was a really, really big eye-opener for me. And you're right, there is so much change going on. And I think adapting to that takes time. Even like I know you talk about the mindset, which is definitely step number one, but I think it feels like it takes time, you know, for me as a mum of three, it takes time to process what is actually going on and how much your world has changed. Did you find that same experience? Oh, absolutely. Because I became certified in pregnancy and postnatal exercise and I thought, oh, I kind of know what's going on, but not until you actually go through it do I think you really understand that true sleep deprivation, that true healing that your body has to go through, the aches and pains of learning how to try and breastfeed. So it really is, yeah, like a massive, massive shift. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about what your work looks like with mums in the current day. So I work closely with mums one-on-one and I'm probably one of the very few left in the world mobile personal trainers. I do just a 15 kilometre radius around Brisbane and basically started that because as a mother, I knew how hard it was to get out the house and get to the gym. So I have a select handful of clients that I train at home one-on-one. I also do group classes with mums, which are a safe return to exercise after birth. I do pregnancy workshops and pregnancy classes. And I also have an online program as well, which, yeah, so I have a nice variety. And I guess everyone's different in the way they learn and the way they want to train. So it's pretty much different options to different women. And that's how I like to work with them. And my main goal is, is pretty much to teach women how to connect to their bodies better with exercise and nutrition rather than just seeing it as a tool to change their bodies. Yes. And you must see that all the time. I imagine when mums come in, do you ask them, okay, like, what are your main goals? What do you find is the most common response? Well, I now, I used to ask what their main goals were, but now I ask, how do you feel? How are you feeling? Because I think as mothers, we spend so much time worrying about how everyone else feels and how they are or how they've slept or how they've eaten. You really don't take much time to put that mirror on yourself. And I just say to them, how are you feeling? Because if you're feeling depleted and exhausted and you're running on one hour sleep, we're not going to do a more depleting workout. Okay. Tell me where the needles and pains are. Tell me how you're feeling. We can still move your body, but we're going to do it in a way that's going to make you feel energized rather than, you know, just not allow you to want to come back and then maintain that consistency of movement because I think that's the secret sauce. Absolutely. And you know what, Dallas, I think someone who's done a variety of exercise in my life, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about what it is and what it means. It's really different to each individual because if you say the word exercise to a new mum, you would get mums that would just go, oh my gosh, not right now. It's not for me because they might have a definition in their mind as to what exercise means for them. How do you switch that 
kind of the myths around exercise in the first six months of being a mum with a bubs? Yeah, it's so challenging and it is really hard because I think as females we've been really programmed by the media, by everything that we're bombarded with and even as a professional working in the fitness industry, bombarded by that in the fitness industry, there's all these preconceptions of, you know, the go hard or go home. You haven't worked out if you're not sweating. And so I think, again, for mothers, particularly in the first six months, I think they really just need to step back and allow their bodies to heal is the main thing and reconnect with their bodies. And for everyone, that is really different, okay, really different because I think there's so much pressure on women to, you know, bounce back post-birth and do this post-birth and go and get your active wear and, you know, get all the gear and you've got to be back into it straight away. But it's really just learning how to move your body because some days you actually feel so achy and painful and stiff. And one of the reasons is, is postpartum in those first six months is you have that hormone relaxant in your body, which during pregnancy made you all, you know, loosey-goosey and relaxed to allow your baby to basically your hips to expand and allow the baby to grow. And then postpartum, you do still have that relaxing in your system, particularly if you're breastfeeding, it can remain even longer. But then you're also in these concentrated areas like your hips, it starts to leave and you start to get really stiff. And then you, you're twisted in all these different positions as a mother as well. So at the first stage, as I just say, let's just kind of get you back into alignment and feeling good and create a bit of space in your body because there's no point again trying to add more tension in a tense body because it's it's just going to end up injured so that's healing and I guess creating space in the body and reconnecting to the body is my key thing in the first six months yes I love that and we got to get that message out there Dallas loud and clear because it, it really is even the way you describe it there's so much nurture within that isn't there and just knowing how to move in a way that you need to move on that day in a way that's safe for you, that's going to replenish you in the way that you need in that particular moment. Yeah, absolutely. And there's such a myth too, and such confusion and a myth that yes, women think they're going to bounce back post-birth. And no, (laughs) you don't bounce back. I think you bounce forward into a different, you know, lifestyle of life, which is fabulous. But at the same time, you at your six-week checkup post-birth, whether that be C-section or vaginal birth, that's not a golden ticket to do anything. That really is a checkup to see how you are physically and mentally and how the baby is doing. And I think it's really important for women to actually have some questions ready to ask their doctor, their GP, their midwife, because too often it's these appointments, the focus is all on the baby and really how you are feeling in your body, in your pelvic floor, how you're breastfeeding, how you're sleeping, how your mental health is and bring back that focus on the mum because during pregnancy you have about, I don't know how many appointments, which again is a little bit more about the baby. Postpartum, the baby's got more appointments than you do. You have pretty much one appointment, follow-up appointment post-birth, okay? And it's really important you're proactive in that appointment and find out if you can't get the answers from your medical provider, you find someone who can support you And also really follow up with a women's health physiotherapist. Get a full assessment. That's going to allow you to really tune into what is going into your, what is going on with your body. They're going to scan your belly with no baby in it. And you're going to see how your separation is, where your core is at, if there's any tension in your body. And it's a really good starting point 
before you just say, okay, I've had my six-week checkup. Yep, I'm going to go for a 5K run. Because <laughs> trust me, 99% of the time you're going to get injured. And that happens a lot. There's that, as you mentioned it or you described it as a golden ticket. That's honestly, even when I went through the pregnancies, it was always, that was like a goalpost, you know, ticking it off. Okay, week one, down, week two, down. And it's really presented that way. Why do you think that is? What's that initial six weeks after you have bubs? Why have they put such a goalpost on that six-week mark? I really don't know. And it's really, I think in some countries it's changing. Like I know in France, you have to, it's compulsory, you have a follow-up appointment with a women's physiotherapist. And there is a lot more focus put on the mother. And they have a lower incidence of prolapse and pelvic floor issues over there because of it. So it's really interesting to see. Um, I think the education and the conversation has got a lot more open than when I had my son 13 years ago, which is so important. And even as a fitness professional, basically you're taught about every single muscle in the body except the pelvic floor. So that's why when I became certified as a pregnant and postpartum exercise specialist, I was like, oh my goodness, and this is the foundation of your core. Like if you think of your house, a house, building a house, that foundation has to work or the top of the house doesn't stabilise. So it, and it's connected to everything. And unfortunately, you don't know until you know, and that was me. And there's a lot of fitness professionals out there who don't know, and I'm not trying to discredit them. I'm just saying, you need to probably step forward and try to empower yourself a little bit about it. And if you're feeling not right down there or if you're not feeling right in other areas of your body, it's really important to try and take control and look into how that feels and works. And I think it is gradually shifting. I think women are becoming a lot more confident about it. I think it's not a taboo word anymore when you say pelvic floor or prolapse and things like that. The conversation is opening. And I like to just say to women, look, it's just like another muscle in your body. The pelvic floor is just like another muscle in your body. You wouldn't go running on a sprained ankle, would you? So let's just treat it like a sprained ankle. It might need a little bit of rehab, a little bit of attention. It might sometimes still give you niggles. But at the end of the day, let's not ignore it because I like to say recovery is temporary, but basically damage can be long-term. Yes, yes. Very valuable points. So Dallas, if we were to summarize kind of the first six months after having a baby, the key goal, and you've mentioned this a couple of times, is having mums reconnect to their bodies, allowing them space to heal and to nurture themselves and get back into safe movements that are applicable to them and their individual circumstances. Does that summarise it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I also have a free postpartum recovery timeline that I give a lot of ladies, which goes beyond that first six weeks. I think that first six weeks, I mean, it's often called the fourth trimester and that's where you really bond with your baby and it's a time for you to heal and don't feel like you should be doing exercise. Okay, your body needs that time to heal. And then I think in those first six months, it is a real journey and it's very grey, okay? It's not black and white and your journey is going to be very different to another person. So don't compare yourself to how you think you should be because everyone's had a different birth, everyone's had a different amount of sleep, everyone's had a different size baby. So a lot of different factors come into it that make your recovery very different and everyone's baby sleeps differently. So every day can be different, like what I said at the start. So I think it's really important you tune into that and you trust that, you know, very wonderful thing that is your mother's instinct and keep coming back to that. And 
listening to your body and listening to how you feel each day. And if something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Don't be afraid to speak up. I think that's one of the most important things. Yes, yes. Tuning in, listening to yourself and what's going on. And there is that awareness of your own body, but you're right. I think for a lot of women, there is that handing over of, well, you would know better. You're the expert. And they look, people have that knowledge and the, the specialized training, but then they don't know how you are feeling and experiencing something. So I like that point of being proactive with your communication. That's really, really important. Now you've mentioned in terms of mindset and sleep deprivation, because that is a huge factor. So have you got some tips or suggestions for mums in terms of how do they work with that? Because I know I kind of touched on it before, it'd be the last thing that a mum might want to do is to do any movement or anything like that, particularly when sleep deprivation's on the cards. What do you do differently, Dallas, that helps to kind of switch the mindset, allow some gentleness and some self-compassion, that kind of thing, but still allow a little bit of movement? Like, how do you even begin? Because that's huge. Yeah, it is huge. And I think, as we said, the first thing is mindset. So changing your mindset away from, okay, if I'm not in my active wear and if I'm not sweating, that doesn't count as exercise. It does. Most of my ladies who do my programs roll out of bed and do them in their pajamas. <laughs> and I always say to them, it's not about the quantity of exercise, it's the quality. So let's just focus on the quality of movement and you know how you're feeling and how you're moving and connecting to your body. And I also think that needs to apply to how you move throughout your day because motherhood is so physical. You're lifting, you're twisting, you're carrying, you know, you're pulled in all different directions. So if you can tune in and use what you're doing in your exercise, your program, your movement, and then apply those same principles as you move throughout the day, that's when you're just going to get a myriad of benefits. And just trust that, yes, you will hopefully get more than five minutes a day to focus on your body. It will eventually become 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but that's okay. If you're doing five minutes, you know, three times a week or twice a week, or maybe only happens once a week, it still counts. And if you're still trying to focus on these little things like your posture and your breath and how you're lifting and tuning into how your body is as you move throughout your day, it still counts. And then you just build from there because it just again comes back to just building up that consistency. And then you're going to find, okay, wow, I actually feel like I'm, I'm ready to get into a bit more of a workout. And then you're going to find all those little foundations and all those little things that you have been doing, whether that even be during pregnancy as well, and then continuing into those early stages of postpartum do make a really big difference. I don't want, I think a lot of women think it's an all or nothing approach or I'm not doing enough. I just won't bother at all. So the little things do definitely count. Yes, it's just baby steps, isn't it? Absolutely, baby steps. That's a pretty poor joke on my part, but <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I had to play on words there. So yeah, but it is, it's baby steps, the mindset shift. And I think the other thing, if I can link that to the importance of community and support, that's really important to, you know, whether it's reaching out to a fellow mum or someone in mother's group, or if you've just kind of want that social element too. And this is obviously for people that are thinking of a small group class, such as what you facilitate, that can also be a bit of big help to boost the morale and that kind of thing too, I imagine. Oh, it is. It's, and it's really important. I think even from a research perspective, if you look at the blue zones in the world which are the parts of the world where people live the longest 
they don't have any fancy exercise equipment. They don't have fancy active wear or programs. They have community and that's what keeps them motivated and sustained and, you know, supported. And I think when you've got that support and that mental well-being, you feel do feel more motivated and, okay, I can do this. And it does make a difference from, you know, a long-term wellness perspective. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. And you do, you need that social contact with someone that I guess is going to make you feel okay about yourself, someone who's non-judgmental and someone who you just feel comfortable with. That I think that's really, really important too. Be selective with who you buddy up with. Absolutely. You've got to resonate with them, whether that be your mother's group, whether that be your medical provider, whether that be, you know, even looking at stuff on the internet. I always say, if it doesn't resonate you or if it makes you feel bad, get rid of it. You don't have to have (laughs) it in your life. (laughs) Pretty much. I think so. I think so. So talk to us a little bit about nutrition in the initial few months post-bubs. And look, again, it's going to be a little bit different depending on what's going on for a mum, you know, whether they are breastfeeding or not. And everyone's in a really different dynamic. But as you mentioned before, motherhood involves a lot of work on little sleep fuel. So how can we use nutrition to really help us do what we need to do and feel good rather than crap? Absolutely. I think the key word you just used there is fuel. And I, I thought think, you were going to say crap, but anyway. No, well, <laughs> that as well, but I think <laughs> we can turn it into something better. We'll go with fuel, fuel. yes. So I, for most women, I'd say 85% of women are not eating enough. I think, again, we're too pre-programmed to lose the baby weight. And I think, first of all, you do need to be fueling your body, particularly if you are exhausted. You need to make sure you're eating enough. And it's all about, you know, focusing on nutrients, not calories. And the main thing from, I guess, a broader perspective is you've got to think about you've given birth to this little human. And this little human is predominantly made up of protein. So you're going to be depleted in that key nutrient post-birth. So that's one of the main things that you need from a nutrient perspective post-birth is protein. And that doesn't mean you have to go out and have five steaks a day. There's lots of other protein sources. But that protein is also going to help you heal as well in those first six months from healing your tissues and deep core. So there's things like collagen supplements you can take. There's lots of different sources of protein like nuts and cheese and dairy. So I think that's a really great way to support your body. And a lot of women don't think about that. And it's one of the first things I often work with mothers to do. And they realize, oh my gosh, I've got so much more energy already just adding that into my my diet. I also, my breast milk supply has gone up. And I think also, again, when we come back to this pressure to lose the baby weight, don't also think that, oh, breastfeeding, I'm breastfeeding, I should be losing weight. Breast milk is actually made up of 55% fat. So your body is naturally going to store fat because that's the fuel, back to that word, for your baby, okay? And you also need to be making sure you're eating nourishing foods to fuel your baby as well. Absolutely. So protein is number one on your list. Yeah, protein would be number one. And then just, you know, eating food that's going to fill you up and sustain you, have a balanced diet. I mean, I think, again, it comes back to tuning in. How do you feel? So, yeah, you're probably going to eat chocolate. You're going to eat cake. That's fine. You, no one, you don't have to have your perfect pants on. But, you know, I like to say go the 80-20 rule. You know, 20% 
have that stuff, but also tune into how you feel after you have that stuff. So I've had chocolate and I've had cake and whatever, but are you feeling even more tired? Because that probably is then going to make you feel a little bit more motivated to eat more wholesome foods. And it then becomes, you know, a little bit more intuitive, okay? You trust rather than, I think, with a mothers, they've got too much on their plate to start counting macros and counting calories and doing this. It doesn't need to be complicated. It just needs to come back again to that intuition about what is going to make you feel good. I love that. And that's where it all comes back down to, isn't it? That self-awareness and just listening to what do I feel like I need right now and following that. Because I think for mums, there's a lot of shoulds, particularly in those early months. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I shouldn't be breastfeeding this time. Like there's so many shoulds and so much self-talk that goes on that having something like nutrition as let me just eat what I feel like at the time, it's almost like a big sigh of relief. Oh, it is. It personally took me a long time to do that. I mean, I was, you know, I'd done figure and fitness competitions. So I was very programmed into counting macros and calories. And it was the biggest weight off my shoulders. And then when I stopped doing it, I was like, well, I kind of know this all in the back of my mind. And I realize, you know, what I'm doing. And then I feel fine when I'm not doing it. But you can always, you know, you follow what makes you feel good. And I think another thing for women as well that's really important is is that rushing woman syndrome. Dr. Libby Weaver has a great book about it. And for a lot of women, we get so caught up in, you know, the badge of busy and you are running on adrenaline in those first six months post-birth. You're running on adrenaline, you're running on lack of sleep and your cortisol, your hormone levels, cortisol are really high. And that's that adrenaline. That's basically why you're sort of wired but tired. And at the same time, it does make you crave things like sugar and glucose. And that's why a lot of women, you know, are surviving on coffee. But at the same time, I'm not thinking anyone having coffee. I mean, it's the backbone of motherhood pretty much. But just tune in to not becoming too dependent on it because what happens is when you are fueling your body with those more glucose and glucose-based products and those stimulating products, you stay in that flight or fight mode. And when you're in that flight or fight mode, your body does actually cling to fat and doesn't burn it. So we want to drop down where we can into that parasympathetic nervous system through, you know, slower movement and also eating slower, more nutritious foods. Yes. Coming back to being very present and the key theme here is reconnecting to yourself in regards to all of this, to nutrition, to exercise, to movement. It really is quite multi-layered. Dallas, you're a wealth of knowledge, which you already know, but I absolutely love what you have gifted mums and their self-care in the first six months. You do so much awesome work with mums before and after bubs, which I know they're very grateful for. Tell me what would be your one key message for all the mums listening out there on self-care. Share that with us. I guess that key message I think comes back to forget about the numbers, what we were just talking about. Forget about the numbers on the scale. Forget about the numbers of calories in food and give yourself that contract of no comparison. So this is what I like to say. Stop comparing yourself to how you were before you had the baby. Stop comparing yourself to how you think you should be. Stop comparing yourself to that person next to you. Just give yourself that contract of no comparison. Be happy and meet your body where it's at and just go from there. Trust those motherly instincts and you are. You are going to have a wonderful motherhood without all that extra pressure on you. I love that. 
Words of wisdom, Dallas, absolute words of wisdom. Thank you so much for contributing to the Chat About Children self-care series. Well, my absolute pleasure. I could talk all day about this. So thank you, Sonia. Oh, you're welcome. We loved having you. A wonderfully valuable chat there with Dallas Fletcher from Body Fabulous Fitness. You can find show notes of today's episode on the chataboutchildren.com website. I would love for you to leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast player and also share this episode with family, friends and with colleagues who you know will benefit. Also, I'd love for you to join the final episode of the five-part self-care series, And that is a Mother's Day mashup. It is a special episode where we are honoring mothers and celebrating children. We will have a variety of guests. We'll have Tori and Isabella Archbold, Miranda Watkins, and my children will also be starring in snippets of that episode as well. So I hope you can join me and I am super grateful for your attention. I celebrate you and I look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich, www.chataboutchildren.com.